When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. And uh, it's something special every year. But this one, even more special because it's the 150th edition of the Open Championship. It will be played in the old course at St Andrews. So many little idiosyncrasies about the course and the event itself. Uh, one of those uh, this year in particular that uh, all those that have qualified are eligible to play. And what I mean by that is the live golfers will be there. One who won't be is Greg Norman, whose invite was canned. Not even allowed to there to go and uh, reminisce and celebrate his two victories uh, in the championship. So, uh, so they've made a statement in that regard. Uh, joining us now to talk uh, about uh, the Open itself and uh, these events surrounding it, is uh, a man we had on uh, last week as well. He became so popular, we just thought we'd have to get him back straight away, David Bileski. David, uh, thanks for rejoining us. Uh, it's getting close and it's getting interesting. What did you make of Tiger Woods' comments, mate? Morning, Smithy. Um, good to be back. Um, yeah, look, I, I thought it was pretty damning report, wasn't it, from uh, from Tiger? And, and um, you know, there, there's... <laughs> Despite all all that Tiger's been through over the last decade or so, um, he still really is the 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 voice of golf. I mean, that that was why Liv turned around and they they offered him nearly a billion dollars to to try and come over, as, as they recognised that is that what Tiger says still matters, you know. And um, you know, I thought he, I thought he gave a pretty damning report of um, of what is going on in the game, and and he just some summarised perfectly what is happening at the moment and, and you know, and, and it is, it, it is baffling what some of these players are doing in terms of going across to, to live and, and I thought that the, the way he put it is, is well worth watching for anyone who hasn't heard it. Yeah, to me it was sort of summed up by um, money for nothing or money for next to nothing. Look, three rounds instead of four rounds, you know, um, you know, it, it's a it's a, a great reward for non-achieving, basically. So I, I think that was along the lines he went. And, and one of the points he made is that four-round golf, they play three rounds in the Live tour, uh, tour, of course, four-round golf is a test of someone's stamina. It's a test of someone's nerve. It's a test of someone's patience without a guarantee at the end of the day, which Live has got. Right, and uh, I mean, the, the irony of it is that I sort of alluded to last week is that because these players aren't earning the world ranking points on the live tour is that some of them are, are potentially going to have to go and have to play a bunch of Asian tour events to try and keep their world ranking points up. So this this argument of of playing less golf could actually end up being playing as much or more golf in the end in order to maintain their world ranking points. So it's it's all just a facade, really. And you know, I think I think as a golf fan, and I know that there's many other golf fans who are out there as well who who feel the same. Um, you, you just want some of these players to come out and just admit that they're doing it for the money, you know. Like, admit that you're you're taking the paycheck, you know, and that's fine. That's that's your decision. But you, you're doing it for the money. You're not doing it to grow the game. You're not doing it to play less golf. You, you're doing it because you got an extremely big check to go over and play some tournaments. 
totally agree. Absolutely. And there was a point Justin Thomas made uh, about a week ago as well. Okay, let's uh, look at this Open Championship. David, can we? Where does it rank for you in terms of the majors? Well, I mean, look, the, the Open has to be right up there, and the Open at St Andrews is just such a, a rare event. And just, it, you know, Rory McIlroy described it in his press conference yesterday as, as, as the holy grail of golf. Um, you know, between this and Augusta, I just I think this, this is the absolute pinnacle of the game. Um, there's, su- there's such history, and um, you know, when you look at the list of players who have who have won here, it really just adds to the legacy of of the place as well. So, um, you know, it's played here every five years. Um, you, you don't get many opportunities to come and do it. So, you know, for a lot of these players, I, I think it just adds some incredible pressure to add to that legacy if, if that is, you know, it's something that many of them will want to achieve in, within their career. Um, you know, you may only get two or three opportunities to, to win an open at St Andrews within your your short span that you can play. Um, so I think it's going to be a fascinating tournament and, and very, very excited to see how it develops over the weekend. Started back in 1860 where Willie Park Senior won uh, that particular edition of it, then Tom Morris Jr. Uh, Tom Morris Senior took over. Tom Morris Jr. Uh, after them, um, Willie Park Jr. In fact, in one year in eighteen sixty-eight, Tom Morris Jr. beat Tom Morris Senior to win the Open. I mean, it's just steeped in so much absolute history, which still survives around the course. Now, tell us a wee bit about the course itself and the uniqueness of watching it, because you, you're not really allowed on the course itself, are you? Well, no, I mean, the, and a lot of that comes down to sort of these shared fairways and, and shared greens that you get around here. So, um, sort of unlike last week, you would have um, remembered me mentioning the course was a little bit narrower um, and had, had quite high rough. So, the defence of St Andrews really comes from the wind and it comes from the 112-odd bunkers that are dotted around the course. Um, you know, and some of those those bunkers are iconic. They're, they're named... Um, and, you know, they've been named after different people who uh, have had a tendency to end up in them, um, or one's called hell um, because of the effect it can have on um, on golfers' games. So, um, yeah, you, you'll hear a lot about the course in St Andrews that you, you've got a, a tendency to miss left is, is the way, and um, it's a very traditional links course in terms of you've got nine holes going out and nine holes coming back in. So because you've got these big double shared fairways where, say, when you're you're hitting down the first, you're, you've also got the, the ninth coming back. Um, you know, if you spray your ball left, you're, you're basically just ending up in the biggest biggest fairway in, in all of golf. Um, so, you know, it is a very, very interesting place. And obviously, you know, uh, the spiritual home, of the game as well, um, so we're, we're really looking forward to seeing the footage and seeing who can win their way around. It is, uh, and you get to know uh, the course and those uh, idiosyncrasies the more you watch it, um, and, and it's almost uh, becomes a little bit uh, Augusta-like because you, you get to know the course so well. One of the, uh, the little quirks about it is it's a one tee off uh, event. In other words, uh, they don't tee off ten and then play um, off one tomorrow. They stay off ten. And there's actually, in, in effect, nine hours and 41 minutes between the first tee-off time and the last tee-off time, which means you can play your round of golf, uh, can be home with your feet up um, if you tee off early, uh, and the other guys haven't even arrived to their course to, to begin their practice. It, it's quite staggering in that regard. 
it is. I think it's fantastic, though, isn't it? I mean, like as a as a golf fan, you can you can jump back in whenever you want throughout the day, um, and and join in in that regard. Um, where where that does become an effect is potentially all the different window weather windows that these players then have to play through. Um, you know, even even when we've got the traditional sort of like AM groupings and and afternoon groupings um, for players, you can see a big difference in terms of the weather. Um, but with Scotland, you know, the the, the sun's rising at, at four thirty AM and it's not going down until till ten thirty, so they can play this kind of extended schedule. Um, you know, and you're just crossing so many different hours, and and the wind is just so liable to change and. I think the course itself, if if you haven't got the wind, the, the, it could be a birdie fest. You know, a, a lot of these holes are drivable. Um, you know, there's, there's four or five par fours that some of the longest drivers in the world will be able to reach. If you've got the wind, then then it just becomes too dangerous to take those risks. Um, and you, you've got these bunkers that are just incredibly, incredibly difficult to get out of. So I, I think at the moment it's looking like it's going to be reasonably still, in which case... We're probably going to expect a score towards about 20 under. If the wind does become a factor, then then that will decrease accordingly. Wow, 20 under. That is, uh, that is exceptional. Um, but as you say, the wind could change that in just a, a matter of hours. So uh, the interesting thing too around the greens, etc., you've talked about these uh, dual pin placements uh, on one green surface. They're massive greens, some of them. Uh, but there are also the, the approaches around the greens uh, full of little swales and hollows and things like that. But we quite often see players at St Andrews in particular putting and where they would never putt on the PGA. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and part of that does come down to the wind as well. Um, it's just the, the wind can be so ferocious on these lens golfers because it's just so absolutely exposed. You haven't got any trees kind of blocking the wind or anything like that. So even a even a short um, pitch that's, you know, only going 30 yards and, and barely getting off the ground could be affected by the wind and, and you'll see these um, players preferring to, to try and putt in in that instance. Um, so, look, yeah, the, there is going to be an emphasis on short game, um, I think, this week. Um, but certainly, it, as I alluded to, I think if it stays as still as it's looking, you're going to want to tend to look towards some of the, the stronger drivers um, are, are going to have an advantage of, of getting the ball in play um, a fair distance up the road and then um, and then approach play from there and, and getting getting nice and close to those pins and, and taking advantage of those better opportunities. Let's look at uh, some of the feature pairings, uh, if we can, uh, please, uh, because uh, Tiger Woods is back in... Hopefully the the old pins stand up to it. He's with uh, uh, Max Homer and, of course, um, Fitzpatrick, uh, who has just uh, won the US Open champion. So that's a mm. really high-quality pairing, that one, Matt Fitzpatrick. It is, absolutely. You know, and the, the, the funny thing is, is, if you get a chance, go and look at Max Homer's Twitter account because he he's prolific on Twitter and um, he absolutely adores Tiger Woods. So um, if you're a Max Homer fan, I would be maybe a little bit cautious because he may be a little bit starstruck for the first two rounds of his tournament. Um, he may have his attention elsewhere in terms of going out there and winning it or um, or playing with his idol. Um, look, Matthew Fitz, Fitzpatrick's just come leaps and bounds this year. Um, I, I began um, really 
paying attention to him sort of beginning of um, February when he'd been working with his coach um, to, to unlock some, some extra speed. And, and I just noticed in, in an interview that um, he mentioned that he'd gained sort of 20, 30 yards of driving distance. And, and then that, that really did come across across all those tournaments throughout the year. And for Fitzpatrick, that was, that was really the last element of his game that was missing, is that he was incredibly accurate off the tee and pinpoint with his irons, incredible touch around the greens but he was just missing that extra distance and and he's put such an incredible amount of work into his game that once he worked with his coach and and they managed to unlock this 30 extra yards that that he's just really become an absolutely complete player so wouldn't be surprised at all to see him at the the top of the charts um at the end of the weekend tiger woods of course the the goat um what what an incredible career and and just i think I think we, we all need to appreciate how serious his car accident was, how close he came to losing his life. And to be here now at the 150th Open Championship at St Andrews, I think it's going to create some really um, iconic memories for, for all of the golf fans, just the fact that he's turning up and he's playing here. Um, personally, I, I think a good result for him will be if he gets, say, a top 30. Um, we, we've seen at the other majors where he has been able to compete and to tee it up, that that making the cut has been an achievement and then his his body invariably has broken down as the as he's got past those first thirty six holes. So I, I expect that with St Andrews is a bit of a flatter walk and that seems to be the biggest problem with him. Um I, I suspect he will make the cut. You know, it's it's a place he loves. He's openly said this is his favourite course in the world, which I don't know how um, how Augusta National feels about that, but that's fine. Um, but it is his favourite course in the world, and it's a flatter course, so I expect he'll make the cut. If he makes top 30, that would be an absolutely incredible achievement, but but if we see him at the top of the leaderboard, but who knows, it's, it's Tiger Woods, and, and what a fairy tale story that would be. Defending champ uh, Colin Morikawa tees off uh, with uh, Xander Shoffley, of course, uh, winner last week at the, the Scottish Open. Uh, and Rory McIlroy, who uh, will be the crowd favourite, of course, uh, and is the TAB favourite as I look at it now at 11 bucks to be the outright winner. Uh, and Rory, of course, uh, with his stance against uh, Liv, which has uh, maybe just uh, eased off a wee bit, uh, a lot of pressure on him. There is, and, and I do wonder with Rory, look, 11 to 1 for me is just, just way too short to, to back him. Like if you make that bet over your lifetime, you're, you're going to be a loser better um, because there, there just isn't the value in that number. Um, I, I think he's rightfully favourite, but I, but I agree. I think he's got a ton of pressure on him at the moment. I mean, he kind of has become the, the spokesperson for the PGA Tour against these live guys. And, I mean, what a better way to, to um, speak back to them than going out and winning the 150th Open at St Andrews. I mean, it would it would be the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour's dream for Rory to go out and win it. Um, but, I, but I do think he carries a lot of pressure in these big events. Um, we've seen it at Augusta National before. Um, you know, in, in terms of the skills of his game, it, it does seem like a really good opportunity for him in terms of the course should fit 
um, you know, when he tends to miss it, he tends to miss it left, which, as I said, at St Andrews isn't so much of a problem because you're just in the fairway, you're just a bit further away. Um, so there, there are some positives to it. He's just way too short of that number. I think Xander Schofle's really interesting. He's arriving off a century three wins in a row and that he's won the Scottish Open. He won the J.P. McManus, um, if you count that, which is a pro-am tournament, um, which only happens every five years. And, and to be honest, that field is absolutely stacked. Um, and then uh, the week before that, he won the Travelers Championship um, on the PGA Tour. So he's he's one of these golfers. I said after the Travelers Championship and, and mentioned in a YouTube show that I participate in um, on the Wednesday, I, I said, look, you know, he's got this win now. And um, he's, it's almost like what we saw with Scheffler. Once you've got that, that first win, and I, I appreciate Schauffler won other tournaments before, but it had been about five years since he's won 156-man standard PGA Tour event-type field event. Um, he'd won the Olympics, and he'd won um, the Zurich Classic, which was a team event. But to win a traditional stroke play event had been some time, and and it was similar to what we saw with Scheffler. Got that first one off his back, and then suddenly the floodgates are opened, um, you know, and, he, and he's suddenly in that winning mentality. Um so, yeah, I think, look, he, he's one definitely to watch. I took him last week at 29s, um, and I see that's been cut into the 19s, um, shorter in other places as well. Um, so, yeah, look, do do shop around and make sure you're getting the best odds if that's the way that you're going to be going because, um, look, I, I think it's a very solid bet, but, yeah, you're, you're going to have to shop around to get the best odds on the market. 1963, Bob Charles won it for New Zealand. There are two New Zealanders in the event. Of course, Ryan Fox, who plays with Jed Morgan, a live player from Australia, and Mark Kalkovecchia. And one of the early tee-off mm. times goes to Ben Campbell as well, around uh, 5.46, I think, uh, mm. our time tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, sorry. That's right, yeah. Look, I, I kind of winced a bit when the draw came out for, for Ryan Fox because... Um, if you if you watch Ryan Fox, he just like much like his, his dad apparently is where he gets this from. But he he um, he loves to play quickly and he hates to be delayed. And I looked at the the two players and, and like you know fair play to them. Like they're playing in the Open Championship. They're they're far better golfers than than you or I, Smithy. But they're they're not the cream of the crop. Let's just say that. And you know to to. Uh, for, for Ryan Fox's chances, I wonder if it hinders it a bit that he does tend to get a bit frustrated when he's sitting there and waiting to these shots. And look, if, if Mark Kalkovacchi is, you know, two or three over on a hole, he's going to have to be standing there waiting to hit his shots. So that's, that is a bit of a worry. Um, I, I, I did say last week that, that I much preferred him at the Open. Um, and I, I, the reason for that is, is the accuracy of the, the tee um, can be an issue at the Scottish Open, especially the rough last week was so penal. And also the the wind was much much more significant than we're going to be seeing this week, um, you know. And sure enough, look, he he made the cut, which is amazing, and he actually had to rally at the end to make the cut, which he truly did. Um, so you know, he showed, he showed um, some great heart last week to do that. But yeah, look, I I much prefer him here at the Open. I think, especially if it's still. We've seen him actually play very well in these kind of dirty fests with these wide open driving. Um, driving areas. Um, his, his victory earlier in the year at Russ Alkaima came in, in a similar circumstance of, of you know, although it's it's in the desert, um, you know, sort of undulating fairways, you know, large greens, um, wind coming off the coast and, yeah, like a large, wide, open driving area. So, you know, there's, there's a lot to like here for Ryan Fox. And I, I know that 
the 150 that, that I originally advised my um, my guys over at Wind Daily to get on is, is long and truly gone. I know he opened at 90 um, on some bookmakers and has been cut into 80s and 70s. I think if, you, if you're going the TAB route, I think you're only getting 55. So again, just make sure you're shopping around and getting the best odds that you can. Um, but look, he, he's he's rightfully priced in the market as as being in the, the top top forty most likely players to win this thing, which I think is fantastic. It's it's the most it's the the most realistic chance that New Zealand has had of winning a golf major since Michael Campbell. And and it's really, really exciting. I'm I'm just I can't wait to see what he does over the weekend. Well I can't wait either. Uh, to be honest. It's one of the things I look forward to. Get very little sleep over the course of uh, this weekend, I can promise you that. But I don't care. Um, hey, David, thank you very much. David Obeleski, thanks very much for your input and all those uh, little uh, bitsy things around uh, the, the nature of the course, etc. Invaluable to us who are going to watch over the weekend. I hope you enjoyed as much as, as everyone does, mate. I hope your punt comes in, 29 to 1. I wouldn't mind a bit of that myself. All the best, mate, and thank you. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.